the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Friday, August 5th, 2022. I am Seth Liebson. Our phone number is 602-508-0960. That's 602-5080-960. If you'd like to join the conversation, we like to call it Open Line Fridays. Anything on your mind? Of course, we don't usually constrict much during the week either. Our president is absent from the scene, evidently holed up, sequestered and isolating from a recurring bout of COVID, which begs the question, what had him absent, holed up, sequestered and isolated before he caught COVID the first or any of the recurrent times? An ally in the Middle East is preparing for missile attacks as it is being attacked right now after relieving the world of a terrorist. An American celebrity has effectively been taken hostage. A major terrorist in another country has been killed by our team. An economy is trying to dig out of ruin. Elections are coming up. China is threatening Taiwan. Russia is still brutalizing the Ukraine. Our border is still being flooded by illegal immigrants. A new virus, not a variant of the old one, is upon us and being called an emergency. And our president is absent from the scene. Hold up. Sequestered and isolating. There is nothing to speak of on his calendar today, as there was nothing to speak of much on his calendar yesterday. Our administration is not portraying things that don't exist as an emperor with no clothes. The leader himself does not exist. He is invisible man, not his clothing, not his administration, not its efforts. Its efforts are all about us. See the above. And were the president to assign himself to retirement or resignation, we are faced with what philosophers call insufficient options, as his number two has proven to be worse than absent. A presence worse than an absence is pretty pretty humiliating for those who have humility. It's pretty shaming for those that have a sense of shame. How can any self-respecting American accept or tolerate this to continue on? And there is the rub. We live in a country that has been soiled and tattered in its self-worth and self-respect that all of this is, in fact, meaningless to large swaths of Americans. They just act as if it's all okay. It was only a month ago that the leading political party in the second largest county in Arizona declared a rally for Independence Day titled F the Fourth, except they used the whole word. It was only earlier this year that the national party of that party declared the largest political party in America a party of fascism. This state's current secretary of state and Democratic nominee for governor has called Republicans neo-Nazis. And this state's Democratic leadership has sent out quotes from an anti-American terrorist cop killer on the lamb taking refuge from the FBI's most wanted list in Cuba. And it was only two years ago that a self-declared Marxist organization took the streets of the country by storm in the name of a racialist asseveration cum forced declaration and confession. 
and those forced declarations turned into violent riots. The firebombing of federal property, the destruction of statues and stores, and the taking over of police precincts, all with burning American flags. The second most powerful person in Washington, and hence the second most powerful person in America and the world, encouraged those riots and helped raise bail money for those arrested during them. The teaching of that movement was to, right out of the Communist Manifesto's second chapter, eradicate the first and most basic building block of civil society, the Western notion of the family. And just before all that, our country's national pastimes turned over our national anthem, our fundamental sheet anchor of unity and patriotism, to protest or an alternative national anthem, where in an odd and curious way it was to be more celebrated to take a knee or sit during the national anthem, if it was played, than it was to stand for it. And as that was taking place, led by a man who was being paid millions of dollars as he worked for a company that was making money off slave labor in China, our elites were writing new history books to change the date of our founding so that it would not signal freedom and equality, but rather their exact opposite, slavery. The Czech novelist Milan Kundera put it that, quote, the first step in liquidating a people is to erase its memory, destroy its books, its culture, its history, then have somebody write new books, manufacture a new culture, invent a new history. Before long, the nation will begin to forget what it is and what it was, and the world around it will forget even faster. Close quote. But Professor Kundera was wrong about that very last thing. The world around us does not forget. The world is paying very close attention to what's going on here. Hence, China firing missiles at our ally and threatening the life of the third most powerful American. Russia ignoring our entreaties to peace while taking Americans hostage. And Iran continuing to threaten the world with terrorism and nuclear warfare, shouting its death wishes to us and other allies. Patriotism is not a word alien or unused by our president, despite all this. He used the word many times during his campaign for the presidency and since as president. It was our patriotic duty to wear masks, he said, and then it was our patriotic duty to get vaccinated. Those were the times he spoke of patriotism, the only times so far as I can recall. And one immediately then has to ask, if the masks that were being mandated have no have now proven as they have been to be useless and the vaccine has been redefined and proven not to work as the president said it would a year ago, i.e. keeping you from getting infected, sick, hospitalized or dying, even the president's thin tissue of cause for patriotism is based on a nullity or nihilism, which is the opposite of patriotism. Patriotism is a word, of course, whose etymology implicates fatherhood, and fatherhood implies manliness and martial virtues. But the movements above have given us the one-two punch on that. First, teaching that masculinity is toxic, shaming boys for being boys, then telling us they no longer have to be boys if they don't want and can be women if they prefer all in an effort that conceals and secrets those efforts with children from mothers and, yes, of course, now to the irrelevant fathers. 
The state of Florida is now allowing the Gadsden flag, the Don't Tread on Me seal, to be placed on its license plates for those who want them. And that has now become a controversy. It's now controversial. As John Hinderocker writes, the Gadsden flag has been around a long time. Before the departure of the United States Navy's first mission in 1775, Continental Colonel Christopher Gadsden from South Carolina presented the newly appointed commander with a yellow rattlesnake flag to serve as a standard for the flagship. Accompanying the Navy on its first mission were five companies of Marines carrying yellow drums featuring a snake with 13 rattles and the words, Don't Tread on Me. The Navy later adopted the snake emblem and Don't Tread on Me motto into what is now known as the First Navy Jack. The Gadsden flag has been around, in other words, for about 247 years, but recently, like many other things, has become controversial. The FBI flagged it as one of a number of symbols that are popular with anti-government or anti-authority violent extremists. The FBI describes the Gadsden flag as a historical American symbol representing gun rights and limited government. Imagine that. Oh, the horror. The Gadsden flag is in good company, of course. According to the FBI, the Betsy Ross flag featured at Barack Obama's inaugural of all places is another symbol commonly referenced by violent extremists. Of course, the FBI also says that, quote, the use of share or the use or sharing of these symbols alone should not independently be considered considered evidence of militia violent extremism or affiliation or serve as an indicator of illegal activity. Close quote. No kidding. I would say that they are nearly always evidence of patriotism. So why exactly did the FBI single out these symbols as something to be on the lookout for in the first place? Why do liberals hate the Gadsden flag? Because it stands for freedom, of course, but more importantly, because it is patriotic. Hence their hate for the Betsy Ross flag also. In truth, their real target is the American flag. Liberals won't rest until it becomes impossible to display the stars and stripes because the U.S. flag is seen as a symbol of racism and oppression. That's where all this is going. In 2011, Osama bin Laden was removed from the face of the earth. There were patriotic celebrations across the country. Do you remember them? Including most dramatically at the front of the White House in Washington, D.C., Celebrants lit up the place. There was a lot of discussion of even wanting to see visible evidence of it, and that became a debate because the administration didn't want to share it for concerns of, in some respects, depending on the day you asked them, dignity, and in other respects, depending on the day you asked them, based on not offending other Muslims. All at the same time, nice work if you can get it, Because as the president kept telling us, Osama bin Laden was not a Muslim leader, up to and including the Navy's Muslim burial that they gave him at sea. But celebrations there were because we took out an enemy of civilization who had attacked us. This week, we learned the man who was bin Laden's teacher and the true leader of al-Qaeda— who brought all his organizations into the fold of al-Qaeda, thus giving al-Qaeda its name, which means the base, as in the base of all of Zawahiri's organizations, we learned we killed him this week. This after creating the government that could and would house him with safe haven after a 20-year war to demolish 
the government that housed him originally when they attacked us. There were no celebrations across this country upon learning of Zawahiri's death, and none in front of the White House either. For there the lights were, and miserabile dictu are out. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Yes, we're bringing Larry Elder back into town. You can get your information and tickets at 960thepatriot.com. He did a sequel uh, to his great movie, Uncle Tom. He's now done Uncle Tom 2, and he and Brandon Brandon Tatum and others will be uh, showing you uh, that movie, premiering that movie in a private screening August 24th, August 24th. That's this month, August 24th. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll be a great event. Larry Elder, Brandon Tatum, and others for Uncle Tom 2. Tickets available at 960thepatriot.com. Delighted to be hosting that. Last night, uh, upon uh, the uh, final tally in the governor's race, uh, I tweeted out the following, and I'll just share it for those of you not on social media. I tweeted, congrats and well done to Carrie Lake and her primary supporters. The energy she and y'all put into the conservative movement is more than admirable. Now, as with all who joined me in supporting a different primary candidate, now is the time to unite behind the principles of our party and movement as our party and movement chose by sanctity of a free campaign and free vote. Miracles we should never take for granted. If your first choice candidate did not win and you believe you got second best as you see it, just remember... Second best is far better than first worst. My tradition teaches better a tail to lions than a head to foxes. We have our lion. Let's help her now defeat the fox. All right. I got an interesting email from, uh, from a listener uh, on the economy saying, um, saying that um, – when Joe Biden's administration is touting how well we're doing, how much of that is resultant from what the red states are achieving as opposed to the blue states? And it's a it's a, it's a very fair question. There's a couple ways to look at this. One of the ways is using the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They have a website on unemployment by state. And if you look at uh, the states with the highest unemployment, you're still looking at the blue places. You're looking at the District of Columbia. You're looking at Pennsylvania. You're looking at Illinois. You're looking at New York. You're looking at Michigan. You're looking at Texas uh, when you start to get into the lower numbers. Texas begins the break from 4% unemployment, taking you into the threes and twos and 1% in unemployment rates, which are primarily in the red states. Our friends over at Issues and Insights write then in the state-level struggle for the future of America, there can be little doubt the red state model of lower taxes, free markets, and minimal regulation is beating the daylights out of the blue state model of top-down control, high taxes, and pervasive nanny state regulation. The Wall Street Journal, using data from the Brookings Institute, reported that blue states, those governed by Democrats, were still 1.3 million jobs short 
of where they were before the COVID-19 pandemic. Red states, led by the Republicans, had managed to add 350,000 jobs. A big reason for the disparity is the fact that millions fled blue states for red during COVID. 46 million people moved to a different zip code in the in the year through February 2022, the most in any 12-month period in records going back to 2010, the Wall Street Journal wrote. And most of them moved from blue to red states of Florida, Texas, and North Carolina being the biggest gainers, California, New York, and Illinois losing the most. Big blue cities in particular lost huge numbers of people as soaring crime, sidewalk homeless encampments, COVID lockdowns, high taxes, and miserably underperforming schools made once beautiful metropolises unlivable for many. For example, San Francisco, the political base of both California Governors uh, Gavin Newsom and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, lost a stunning 6.3% of its population during the pandemic. 6.3% during the pandemic, not as they would have had you believed in the early days to the pandemic. 6.3%. That's remarkable. As a whole, California has lost thousands of families, not to mention a number of major Silicon Valley tech companies to red state competitors like Florida and Texas, according to the Chicago Federal Reserve Bank. And as the San Jose Mercury News reported last month, only Illinois ranked worse off than the golden state of California when it came to moving vans heading for the border during the pandemic, according to the report, which focused on data from the moving company United Van Lines. The state was that was by far the biggest draw of California and Illinois residents. It was Texas, the destination for more than 7,500 California families during the four years in the study. Perhaps little surprise given that Silicon Valley's tech giants like Oracle, Tesla, and Hewlett-Packard Enterprises also picked up and moved their headquarters to Texas as well. These aren't the first to show this trend. Earlier research shows that blue states aren't just hemorrhaging population, but tax revenues and jobs as well. As one nonprofit Illinois-based research organization, Wirepoints, uh, uh, found, the blue state losses have been on the losing side. New York suffered the worst outflow of money of any state. The Empire, the Empire State lost $20 billion in income, or 2.5% of its gross income, all while a net of nearly 250,000 residents moved out in 2020. Can you imagine that, losing 2.5% of your income, $19.5 billion? Regulations and taxes, that'll do it to you. They will make you poorer. They are making the blue states poorer. The red states are doing just fine, and to the degree America's doing better, thank you, red states. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. I love these guys. I've used them a bunch. My friends have, too. They all say the same thing I will. Best company we've ever had to deal with in, when it comes to plumbing, air conditioning, and heating. The customer service is fantastic. They're available to you 24-7. They never want to upsell you. They do what they say, and they say what they'll do, and they do it at the timeline that they give it to you on. 623 
1-800-242-1842. Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing, 623-748-4942, or you can visit them online at cooltouch.us. That's cooltouch.us. Hello, Rob. How are you? Good, Seth. Happy Friday to you and yours. Happy Friday. I um, Listening to your monologue, I was reminded of, of uh, this may have been a Hillsdale Constitution course, but I remember a portion of it when it was talking about, you know, the primary purpose of government, and it could be federal, well, even state for that matter, is to protect its citizens from foreign and domestic threats. Um, but it also needs to undertake other essential actions in order to secure natural rights, which is something, you know, we speak about a lot. And that includes, you know, protection of property rights, uh, defense of religious liberty, uh, not establishing, but just defending whatever religion anybody has. And probably most importantly, promoting the moral character necessary to sustain free government. And I think if if you think through all those things, um, at least on the federal side, they've failed miserably. And they've been failing miserably for a year and seven months now. You... um you put your finger on something really critically important for us to keep in mind and kind of a thematic uh, concept I've been playing with as we um, go into the general election as conservatives is that we keep first and foremost in front of our minds what it is we're actually trying to conserve here. Right, Rob? That's that's the that's first right. thing a conservative needs to ask. You look at your Declaration of Independence, which is where we get this concept of uh, natural rights, the laws of nature and nature's God. Of course, you saw them in a few other state uh, uh, bills before that. But the, for the for the purposes of the entire union, you first get it in Congress of July fourth, seventeen seventy six, right in the Declaration of Independence, and we call uh, we, we we have the calling in the Declaration of Independence to secure the rights, the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, what's interesting then? When you move over to the Constitution, we change it a little bit in consideration of calling what we're trying to preserve there blessings of liberty, don't we? Isn't that what the Constitution tells us its purpose uh, is right up there in the preamble? It's to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. It's what we're taking in the area abstraction of natural rights in the Declaration into concrete um, into into concrete blessings of liberty in the Constitution, which are what? The establishment of justice, the protection, you put it well, of domestic tranquility with the common defense and the general welf- welfare. We call these blessings of liberty. Now, what's a blessing? A blessing is something that is good in the uh, eyes of God, right? Uh, Correct. That, that, that's what a blessing is. So we have to I'll, of course, not only earn it, but be deserving of it. That, to me, is how we should be thinking about natural law and conservatism as we march into the general election. I'm not sure if that's responsive to what you were saying. Yeah, it is. And, and again, you know, I, I try to emphasize... We have to be worthy of, of the blessings uh, that uh, that are pleasing in the eyes of God. Thus, the point of your statement and uh, having to do with morality. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, looking at the present regime, I mean, can anybody name 
anybody there that's promoting the moral character necessary to sustain a free nation. Maybe everyone I, who resigns. Yeah, no kidding. We'll get beaten in an election. But, um, yeah, that's that's really it. I, I just think, you know, those are some things just to kind of hang on to, hold on to as we go into the general election. Uh, and, again, I didn't vote for Carrie Lake, but uh, she won and I'll support her. Yeah, you bet. Now. You bet. We do principles over personalities here, and that's our task right now, Rob, right? It's it's the task to um, to figure out what it is we're running for, what principles we're running for, what things we're trying to conserve. I mean, being a Republican must mean something. How do you know what it means? Well, maybe start with the first Republican Party platform. What does that start with, by the well, by the way, 1856? Starts with the Declaration of Independence. That's what it starts with. I'm Seth. Thank you, Rob. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you are looking for a remarkable investment opportunity, check out Y-Refi. What Y-Refi is offering is a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a collateralized and secure portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm where the investors do really well by doing very good for others, helping them pay off their debts and doing so with dignity. You can be part of that as well. Check them out at investyrefi.com, the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 855-316-3087. That's 855-316-3087. After my uh, little conversation with y'all about uh, how the Gadsden flag, the don't tread on me flag, is something the FBI is now looking for and uh, as a sign of uh, possible uh, possible membership in a militia organization. <laughs> Listener Keith in Peoria, God bless you, sir. They're also, by the way, looking at the Betsy Ross, the original Betsy Ross flag, too, right? So God bless Keith in Peoria. He sent me a picture of his front yard. Oh, my gosh, the FBI must be monitoring the heck out of him. It's got one, two, three, four, five, six flags. <laughs> One of them is the American, and the others are the versions of the Gadsden and Betsy Ross flags. God bless you, Keith. Uh, I thought I, he writes. I thought I would let you know that I guess I'm on the FBI's list since July fourth. I've flown six different flags, including the Betsy Ross and Gadsden. The FBI has become a joke. Yes, it has actually. That's pretty damn sad. Um, let me talk to you about something else. We touched on this a little bit. Yesterday, when a lot of people were upset with Joe Mans with uh, Joe Manchin for caving on the uh, on the Infl- Inflation Reduction Act vote, and uh, it's interesting, there seemed to have been more animus against him than there is against Kirsten Cinema, who has now announced her cave as well. Uh, I don't know why that is exactly. Why, why more against him than against her? Not sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, I'll, I'd postulate that it has to do with the fact that the left is tougher on her than it is on him. And maybe, maybe, maybe that's because she used to affiliate and associate with the far reaches and fever swamps of the left and has been mugged by reality. So maybe there's a natural inclination to give her a little bit more leeway. I'm not sure. 
But my larger point and the one I was touching on yesterday is people express these great alarms over how could Joe Manchin, how could Kirsten Cinema cave? Uh, it's a cautionary note I, I have been trying to sound for some time um, and to, to, to reiterate what I was saying yesterday. Uh, don't 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 expect to go into battle with Democrats and, and have them be your savior or safe place. Um, they will not be. They are part of a party. The fact that they still affiliate with it and the fact that their first votes are for Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, if they're in the House of Representatives, that's their first votes. And they affiliate with a party that the entire warp and woof of which is against your interests, I would argue our interests, I would argue against America's interests. The entire warp and woof of the party is. You have one or two asterisks, one or two standouts on one or two issues a year. They tend to be procedural or budgetary. They don't tend to be on the merits of major social or foreign policy. They tend to be, as I say, on economic, occasional budgetary issues, occasional process issues like like the filibuster, um, and 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 we hold them up as as great heroes, and then we end up relying on them a little bit too much. I have the same concern, quite honestly, about Tulsi Gabbard. It was the same concern I had about Michael Schellenberger, whose work I admire tremendously on the homeless front in California when he was taking on Gavin Newsom, but refused to join the Republican Party in order to do so. When you have a Democrat who refuses to join the Republican Party, that should signal something to you immediately. And yet we think that we're going to hang our hat and coat and safety and sanctity on them. It is dangerous in any polis or any kind of government or any kind of regime to hang your hat and hopes on one person or two or five, or a small number, just as I believed it was very, very, uh, very um, uh, dangerous for us to hang our hopes of free speech and social media on one billionaire who happened to move to America and decided to buy Twitter until he didn't. Until he didn't. How are those hopes going for you now? You can't rely on the whims of someone who is not naturally or even officially part of your movement. You can't do it. I was quoting Montesquieu the the other day. Uh, I do it often. Uh, there are general causes, and they explain these individual or smaller causes. As as he describes it, if a country loses itself because it lost one battle, that's a particular cause that brought the state to ruin. But there must have been some general cause that made it necessary for that state to perish from a single battle. In a word, the main trend draws with it all the particular accidents. And the main trend of the Democratic Party brings with it and draws with it all the particular disappointments that we face when we're let down by a Joe Manchin or cinema. It's an interesting thing about Republicans. We spent, have spent, as, a, as, as individuals and as a party, I, I guarantee it's true. I know this is true. I haven't done any research on it. I just happen to know this is true. Republicans have spent more verbiage defending and supporting Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema than criticizing them. And someone would argue, well, isn't it good to have those kinds of Democrats in the Democratic Party, to which I say, is it? I don't know. You tell me this week.
You still feel that way this week? Is it better to have those kinds of Democrats in the party? Why do you think, by the way, they changed their positions? Or why do you think they, quote unquote, caved to the Biden-Schumer-Pelosi agenda? Again, they're part of an apparatus they depend upon, which makes them hew to that agenda, especially if they want the bucks and the support. Especially if they want the bucks and the support. I, I spent a lot of time over the last couple of weeks um, talking about, and I and and I hope discounting these weird notions of Republicans for Mark Kelly, especially weird as it came before the primaries even took place, but. Republicans for Mark Kelly. Um, I, I, I suppose we're going to have to get used to seeing Republicans for Kirsten Cinema, and maybe not any longer Joe Manchin, although I don't know why not any longer Joe Manchin. He hasn't done anything that Democrats don't do, as Mark Kelly hasn't done anything Democrats don't do, as Kirsten Cinema, for the most part, hasn't done anything Democrats don't do, except once in a while voting our way on a budgetary issue or on a process issue. Well, okay, you can get 20% of what you want if you want to keep supporting Democrats who occasionally make you smile, or you can get 90% or more of what you want if you'll do the right thing and nominate a conservative Republican who's able to win an election and beat them and support what really matters. Just a few thoughts. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Portions of this show brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature. Good people dedicating themselves to good causes like helping teach American history, which they do. But they also make a great product, and I take it every single day. You can, too, by checking them out at balanceofnature.com. If you order their fruits and veggies, which is what I take every single day, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. One daily portion, one daily dose, once a day, gives you a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. And it's a blend of those fruits and vegetables, not anything else, not anything added, not sugar, not preservatives, not a thing. They use a unique cold press process to preserve all the nutrients. And as I say, it's probably the best product I've ever taken to boost your immunity, boost your health, boost your energy, balance of nature, fruits and veggies. Make sure, again, to use discount code BALANCE. I just mentioned the study of history. It's an important thing. It's used... There used to be the phrase, the history wars. It's used um, right now, American history, um, as a political uh, battle axe uh, to ruin and wreck everything good that people want to think about this country. See my uh, monologue earlier in the hour on some of that. You're going to get a dose of it this weekend as it's the 77th uh, anniversary of the use of the atomic bomb in Japan. And uh, as as you can uh, well predict, as has happened for so many years past, we will get our dose of uh, America condemnation from Americans and the condemnation of American from Americans. Uh, it was, uh, as Harry Truman, however, put it, uh, a night of easy sleep for him after he made that decision. If you want a good synopsis of the history of it, without having to redound to the history books, uh, the folks over at Issues and Insights, issuesinsights.com, have a very, very good essay on it from one Henry Miller. He and I, um, as he puts in the uh, in the essay, 
he and I share uh, the same interest in this as his dad, like my dad, evidently, evidently his dad, like my dad, uh, fought in uh, the Pacific Theater in World War II. And uh, my dad in Okinawa, I'm not sure what the battles um, his dad did, uh, although he mentions them later in the essay. I just haven't read the haven't read to the very end. But uh, his dad, like my dad, would have been on their way for as an invading force into Japan had we not used the the atomic bomb and uh, surely, surely would have been among the million predicted would have likely been killed to do that. Uh, it was morally and ethically the right thing to do. We should have no shame over it whatsoever. There are things we should have shame over. Defeating Imperial Japan and the brutality of that regime to convert them into one of our greatest allies that we will probably now need to rely on to protect others like Taiwan was a good thing to do from a good country. I'm Seth Liebson. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.